Hello and welcome to Folklore of the Universe, the podcast with a 37.700% chance of repeating the same intro twice. I'm your host, Kyle. This is episode 16, I think. I don't know, there's so many of them, it's kind of hard to keep them all straight now. But yeah, I think this is 16, so hello. This is going to be just a fairly standard episode, a full length for realsies this time, I promise. And yeah, that's that's all the announcements I've got. Just normal, normal, formal, that's a word. But this episode, we've got a Nigerian folk story and an Indian folk story. First though, we've got our monster of the week, so let's dive into that. This episode, the monster of the week, is the Wakwak from Philippine folklore. The Wakwak is this weird bird-like vampiric flying monstrosity that is pretty bad. They're not great guys. They're not, they're not homeboys. They're described as having bat-like wings and these big talons they use to slash at people and mess them up. They typically fly around at night, and a peculiar thing about them is the sound their wings make, which is where they get their name from, it's like a whack-whack type sound, is that it gets louder the further away they are, and softer the closer they are. So you can use that to trick their victims into thinking, if you didn't know that they did that, that it gets louder, you're like, ah shit, here they come, and you hide, then it gets quieter, and you think you're all safe, and you come out, and then they nab you. So pretty clever trick there that they've got going on. They're similar to the Mananangal and the Ekik, which are both other creatures from Philippine mythology and folklore, which are kind of similar as that evil, night-flying, vampiric, death-monster bird things. All in all, not good news across, all, across the board there. Like most things, they are inspired from real, real events. Uh, the sound that they make, which is sort of their iconic deal, was where their name comes from, like I just said, has been attributed to various things. One is just the normal sound of birds flying around at night. Uh, the other is the sound that geckos make, which both made people think people heard those in the night, didn't know what they were, and attributed them to these demons. So these creatures, these whack-whack, are pretty, pretty crazy. They're pretty out there. You can almost say that they're, uh, whack. I'm sorry, I had to, I had to. The pun king is here. He's got a gun, he's making me say these things. If every pun I do, if it's a bad pun, it's I do not do of my own free will. I'm forced to. It's it's law, it's mandatory. So it's not uh, not my fault. Just just happens. But we're going to move on from all that wild wild stuff. Uh going to move on to our stories now. So like I said, first up we've got a Nigerian folk story. And this one is called, Why the Bat Flies by Night. A bush rat called Oyot was a great friend of Emiang, the bat. They always fed together, but the bat was jealous of the bush rat. When the bat cooked the food, it was always very good, and the bush rat said, How is it that when you make the soup, it is so tasty? The bat replied, I always boil myself in the water. My flesh is so sweet that the soup is good. He then told the bush rat that he would show him how it was done. So he got a pot of warm water, which he told the bush rat was boiling water, and jumped into it, and very shortly afterwards came out again. When the soup was brought, it was as strong and good as usual, as the bat had prepared it beforehand. The bush rat then went home and told his wife that he was going to make good soup like the bats. He therefore told her to boil some water, which she did. Then, when his wife was not looking, he jumped into the pot, and was very soon dead. 
When his wife looked into the pot and saw the dead body of her husband boiling, she was very angry and reported the matter to the king, who gave orders that the bat should be made a prisoner. Everyone turned out to catch the bat, but as he expected trouble, he flew away into the bush and hid himself. All day long, the people tried to catch him, so he had to change his habits, and only came out to feed when it was dark, and that is why you never see a bat in the daytime. The End so here we've got another one of those origin explanation stories for why bats are nocturnal. But unlike other stories, like this one, the explanation ones, this one starts out with a goddamn murder. Like, that's that's pretty unorthodox. That bat, he's not, not a nice guy. He's a pretty rude dude. Then again, maybe this is just anti-bat propaganda, because a lot of people talk shit about bats. I don't know why, because bats are pretty cool, but people seem to hate them. True story, one time I was at the zoo, and I was at the bat, bat place, bat room, and this old lady walks in, and she looks at them and says, Bats! I don't care about bats! And walks out again. I was just like, why don't you care about bats? don't care about you. They don't need your approval or your, your justification. Bats, they just are. They, they just be like they do. Bats are cool. Not this one. In the context of this story, this bat is a jerk. Because the bush rat was like a super good friend and the bat just sort of backstabbed him for no reason. Because it said that the bat was jealous of the bush rat. I don't know, what, it doesn't really say why he was jealous because the bat was the better cook. And that's, I mean, that's what we really know about them. Maybe he was jealous of the bush rat's wife? Who knows? Either way, there's an important lesson here. If, if you bother your friends for their cooking secrets, they will kill you. So, cooking stuff, you know, if they share it with you openly, that's fine. But if you pester them for it, you watch out because they might give you a recipe like, oh yeah, you add two gallons of bleach, two gallons of ammonia, inhale deeply, add a little baking soda, a little salt, a little bit of pepper, and there you go. That's your, that's how you make a casserole. Don't actually do that. That is not how you make a casserole. I don't know how you make a casserole, but that is not it. That's just death. But overall, the story is fairly basic. It's um, very short, very, very short, and just explains why bats are nocturnal and also claims that bats are malicious and not to be trusted. But that's all I've got for this story, so let's move on to our next one. Next story is an Indian folk story, and this one is called The Mongoose and the Brahmin's Wife. Once upon a time, there lived a Brahmin by the name of Deva Sharma with his wife. His wife delivered a son, and they were happy to have their first child. The Brahmin wanted to have a pet animal to protect the child, which would also be a companion to the child. The Brahmin kept his proposal before the Brahmani. She found the proposal acceptable, and the Brahmin went to bring a pet. Deva Sharma went round the village, and after much toil, got a mongoose as an escort to his child. Brahmani didn't like the idea to keep a mongoose for her child, but as the pet was already brought, so she accepted it. Now both of them started loving the mongoose as their own child, yet the Brahmani never left her son alone because she did not trust the mongoose, fearing that it could harm her son. One day, the farmer and his wife had to go out of the house, leaving the child at home. The farmer confirmed that the mongoose would take care of the child while they would be away. So, they left the mongoose and the child at home and went out. Soon after they left, a cobra entered the home. Finding danger to the son of the Brahmin, the mongoose attacks the cobra. In a bloody combat, 
the mongoose succeeded in killing the cobra. After this, mongoose heard the footfalls of Brahman's wife and went at the door to greet her. Brahmani was trembled to see the blood-stained mouth of the mongoose. She inferred that the mongoose had killed the child. Without a second thought, she threw a heavy box on mongoose, and the mongoose died at the spot. Brahmani quickly entered the house to see her child, and to her great surprise, she found her child sleeping quietly in the cradle. As soon as she saw a snake bitten into pieces lying near the cradle, she realized that the mongoose had saved her child. The Brahmani was struck by grief that she had killed the mongoose that was like a sibling to her son. She cried loud at her hasty action. The End Well, this is kind of a brutal story. I don't remember Ricky Tiki Taffy ending quite this way. I must be misremembering it, though. Maybe I blocked it out, because, goddamn, R.A.P. Mongoose, right? It's not great. Don't treat your mongoose, your mongoose? Don't treat your mongoose this way, kids. We should probably go over some terms before we go any further, though. Uh, so a Brahmin, like the guy in the story, is um, the Hindu equivalent of a priest, basically. And they're at the top of the caste system. They're the important spiritual holy people. And then Brahmani is obviously his wife. The mongoose, if you've never heard of a mongoose before somehow, it's like a cat weasel thing, which kill, it's good at killing snakes. So those are mongoose. And mongoose are pretty nice and popular in India because they can kill snakes. They can kill cobras without getting hurt themselves. So they are welcome. And if you kill your mongoose, that's your snake insurance gone. It's just done so. So there is a very clear moral here of not acting on impulse, of waiting to see the evidence, and hire a lawyer. Don't just go for it, but take it to court, find out all the details, because you don't want to falsely accuse a mongoose of killing someone if they did the right thing. That's just a flaw in the legal system, so gotta take a moment and assess all the details and don't act right away immediately, or your mongoose is cooked, as, as they say. Again, I'm forced to do the puns. I've got no choice here, people. I, I, I have to. I can't help it. There's also an element to the story about having prejudices, because the Brahmin's wife had prejudices about the mongoose, which were totally false, but she acted on those instead of thinking about it. So that's another reason you shouldn't have prejudices about people or animals, because they're probably wrong. I think it's also interesting that they picked, um, or that they picked, that the story is about a Brahmin and his wife, and they're the ones who mess up, at least the wife does. Because this is very reminiscent of European stories, where it's the kings and queens who do the goofs and do things bad. So it seems to be this interesting trend where people like to be reminded that the people at the top of society are just as fallible and make mistakes just as much as the rest of us, which they do. You know, we're all, we're all just people, chilling out. Not killing mongoose, hopefully. Don't do that. Really, I've said this about so many animals now. It's just, don't, don't hurt animals in general, I think is a better, like, show-wide message for this podcast. Don't piss off animals, don't mess with them, don't, don't hurt them. You know, because otherwise bad stuff happens. You'll get cursed, you'll get snake-infested, cobra-infested. So, animals are, are bros. I guess, okay, the cobras, maybe not. Depends. Cobras can be cool, too. If you get along with snakes and cobras, maybe they'll, they'll be your friends. Who knows? I don't know. I'm just rambling on at this point. So, 
I think that's all I've got to say about this story, so I'm going to start wrapping the episode up here. As usual, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, if you did, again, leave a rating on iTunes, leave a review, share it around to all your friends and family, all that good stuff. And I've got no other announcements, so yeah, I've been Kyle. This has been Folklore of the Universe, podcast extraordinaire, and I'll see you in two weeks' time, next episode. And with that, goodbye.